Well, I had to. Uh, I don't think I'll get in trouble because the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast is on Spotify. And tonight, I wanted to celebrate her. Because today, she would have been 81 years old. The queen of soul. Miss Aretha Franklin. That song, Think, which she wrote. Legendary song. Uh, It's been played in commercials. It's been played in movies. It is a battle cry for so much. I, I think... She wrote it and kind of in the feminist kind of took it and, you know, just as respect, which she didn't originally write, but she turned it into an anthem. That was that was the thing about Aretha Franklin was her songs were these anthems for everybody. And there's a reason why we call her the Queen of Soul. I think it was a DJ that gave her that name, you know, and for decades she her voice her voice is a, is a as a natural um phenomenon uh i i will echo what my friend george strombolopoulos said she is royalty no royalty is is not enough she is the boss or or you know what i'll let i'll let george tell you um because he's just so great at that but um I wanted to just do my own thing about Aretha. Uh, what a what an amazing, iconic. There were there was so much there. She was just so much more than a singer, though. She was a piano player. She was an arranger, and and what Aretha Franklin did for society, you know, and music and and bringing and bringing the masses together because that's what music does. Music um brings people together. And she did that in such a profound way. And um here's what George posted. I don't think he'll mind that I post this. Adjusting your voice so oh, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound pitchy, it uh-huh. doesn't sound um, uh, wrong, it sounds sure. like it's hitting the note yeah. right now. Oh, that's ridiculous. things that I believe in in music and then what spills out into the comment section is always enjoyable this time can't blame me you can blame the birthday girl Aretha Franklin it's her birthday today. and listen people call her the queen I think she's way bigger and way better than royalty she is the intergalactic boss of it all everything that was and everything that will be how do you think she reacted to a question about auto-tune <laughs> And I and I want to give Strombo a shout out because you know his birthday, unfortunately, or you know we all, we're all going to die one day. Queen of Soul died on his birthday, so did Elvis, the king of rock and roll. Isn't that weird? That actually, do you know that actually is a Jeopardy question? I'll never forget seeing it, where it was like she 
these both royal singers died within 40 years or 39 years of each other. Or no, it was 40 years, 41 years to the day. Elvis Presley died on August 16th, 1977. Aretha Franklin died on August 16th, 2018, five years ago. And then soon after, Amazing Grace, that documentary where she is at the height of her powers. And we're going to play a little bit of that. I, I loved Aretha Franklin. I mean, come on. Who didn't? And as I said before, she brought us together. She brought the masses together. Black, white, gay, straight, Latino, Asian, everybody. She brought us all together with that infectious voice. She could do opera. If you remember 25 years ago at the Grammy Awards, Pavarotti was sick. And who took the stage singing Nese Dorma? Aretha Franklin. And the house was brought down by Her Majesty. I mean, the, sorry, the intergalactic boss, to quote George Strombolopoulos. Um, oh, God, I loved her. I loved her. She, you know, people have called Aretha Franklin, you know, uh, kind of a diva and that she, you know, spilled the tea and that, you know, in that instance where she's going after auto-tune. No, no. She knew it. She'd been around it. There was there was so much authentic, authenticity about her. And I love the story. And this is not just and it's and it's powerful. Because. um Because um, it's 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 sad. It's sad. This is the truth about the music industry: is that a lot of black performers would get ripped off. They would be promised they would be paid, and then they wouldn't get paid. And then what happened? They wouldn't get paid. So she would demand cash on the spot. She demanded, and rightfully so, because she knew the history. And she would get paid, and then she would collect in cash, and then she would put it in her purse herself, and that purse was on stage with her. If she didn't get paid, she didn't play. All right? That's why she was the intergalactic boss and and beloved by everybody you you look at all the people who were influenced by aretha franklin not just as a vocalist but as a musician okay and her early days she was signed to columbia and she was doing like easy listening songs you know she'd grown up in the church singing in her father's choir okay she sang for martin luther king jr she sang for everybody and it wasn't until when she signed with Columbia Records, or Columbia, I'm sorry, so tired, Atlantic Records, that in 1967 she went to Memphis. Oh, she went to Memphis. And she recorded the album, I Never Loved a Man the, Mo the Way That I Loved You. And that was where she recorded Respect. And uh, 
Chain of Fools. Or no, Chain of Fools was 68. Sorry. But yeah, think about that. It wasn't until she got to Atlantic that she really became the height of her powers. I mean, she'd had, you know, all great athletes, you know, you, you, you train and you train and for the decathlon. And then it comes up, you know, Aretha Franklin been training her whole life as a singer and a performer and as a pianist. I mean, she was a piano player. I don't think a lot of people remember that, that are, you know, what Aretha could do was not just your typical stand there and sing. And in 2018 or 19, right after she died, Amazing Grace was released. And um, I'm going to play a little bit of Amazing Grace for you. So let's see if we can... um Okay, here it is. Pull away. I don't want to pull away. It's Aretha. Huh. So this was when she was recording. It was a live recording of the Amazing Grace album. It was a successful album for her. And um, it was like, at that time, it was the biggest selling gospel album that she'd ever put out. And gospel was where she started. A lot of the great singers started out in the church gospel singing. And Aretha Franklin, she took to it. She took to it. And according to her lifelong friend, Smokey Robinson, she was singing and playing piano even as a little kid. Now, yes, there is the biopic where Jennifer Hudson played her. I haven't watched it. I don't know if I will. You know, yeah. Aretha I I think maybe picked her to play her and you know that's all good but I'm sorry nobody nobody can play the queen of soul because there's nobody like the queen of soul I think when you do these biopics it's it's hard to just live up to it and that's why we just play the music there's one of my personal favorites Until You Come Back to Me, written by her good friend Stevie Wonder, who also she grew up with, was Motown.
Yeah. Here's my favorite part of Until You Come Back to Me. This is such a... This is an Aretha a classic. And so, you know, it wasn't just that she had this powerful voice that she could just belt, but she could do all these different things vocally and put you in just a moment. And that's what really good singers do. And Aretha Franklin could do that. Now, Aretha Franklin had many, many, many signature songs. And one of them, she performed in a very famous comedy show. This is probably one of the biggest moments I think she ever had on television. And it's a memorable moment. And I love it because she's singing the song that Jerry Goffin and Carol King wrote specifically for her. I once saw a chicken do that at the county fair. Aretha. Yes, I missed the show. Oh, a little bit. God, I can't believe you're standing here. Oh, me either. 16 hours on the train. And then we drove around in circles for hours. <laughs> I can relate. You wouldn't believe what the last hour of my life's been like. Yes, I could. I saw it on TV in the back of the memo. I haven't seen anything that embarrassing since a moth flew in my mouth at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> well, tonight was bad, all right. But, you know, the humiliation wasn't the worst part. It was that I missed the chance to be two feet away from you when you sang. I always wanted that. Closest I ever came was Section 12, Row D at RFK Stadium. You know, I, I realize I'm not the biggest audience you've ever played for, but I'd sure be the most appreciative. Okay. Scoot over. Ooh, a Steinway professional's choice. Yeah, right. I'm a solo act. Okay, I'm okay. 
I mean, you at the same time are moved, and then you're laughing when she's like, oh, your self-control was good during that. And, you know, because those moments where Murphy Brown would just break out in a song thinking no one is watching, and then her her late handyman, Eldon Bernicke, remember that? Um would be watching and he would start clapping and then her mom uh the the late colleen dewhurst who played murphy brown's mother avery she herself one time was singing along to billy holiday's i got a right to sing the blues and who was watching murphy so she learned that from her mama now aretha aretha would have been 80 one years old that 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 is a that is an iconic moment of television right there is because aretha very rarely <laughs> did television as she very rarely did interviews she would do a few 
where they try to ask her about respect and the double entendres and sock it to me and, you know, as I said before, because Otis Redding originally did respect. You know, he's saying it in a different way. And so Aretha and her sister went in, rearranged it, did the vocal arrangements. I think her sister did, Carolyn. And then they changed it. And so it was still respect, R-E-S-P-C-T, all right? But it became a battle cry for the civil rights movement. That is an iconic song. I think we take it for granted, you know, the the brevity of that song and what it holds. But there is no denying, I mean, when that song comes on, you know, to at least teach the next generations. This is about the civil rights movement. Yes, it was written by Otis Redding and it and it has a it has a whole different meaning. Um but what she did with it really changed it. And um that that really is a legacy is that a song like I said before could bring the masses together black white asian hispanic gay straight trans you name it okay would bring everybody together i think we have something that i could play here we go r-e-s-p-e-c-t respect it's probably aretha franklin's most well-known song it's an anthem for civil rights feminism and well for all people who just want a little bit of respect but the song wasn't written that way. It was written in 1965 by Otis Redding, the seminal soul artist famous for sitting on the dock of the bay and try a little tenderness. Redding's version tells the story of a man asking for respect from his wife, really a code word for sex, in exchange for his hard work and salary. Franklin's version flips the script. Hey, little girl, you are sweet as a mother, and I'm about to give you all of my money. No asking, take the time, honey, to give me my problem when you get home. She's a black woman asking for recognition, and she doesn't speak in code. She spells it out. Aretha's idea to spell out respect, giving the song its most iconic lyric. She also reconstructs Redding's original song by changing lyrics and adding her sisters as backup vocalists. Franklin and her sisters Carolyn Ann and Irma came up with the idea to add the Sakatimi line. In 1999, she told WHYY's Fresh Air, it was non-sexual, it was just a cliche line, something that people used in the neighborhood. So it means something like, let me have it. Talk it to me. The song was released in April 1967 when Franklin was just 24 years old. Respect soared to number one on the charts, pushing out the young rascals grooving. America was no longer grooving. It was in the throes of revolution. The Vietnam War and its backlash, the second wave feminist movement, and racial unrest in dozens of American cities, including Detroit, where Franklin grew up and learned to sing spirituals and gospel. 
Just a few years earlier, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 outlawed discrimination based on race, color, religion, or sex. It also included the Title VII provision that made it illegal for private employers, government agencies, and unions to discriminate based on sex, building on the Equal Pay Act of 1963. And even though she didn't intend to write a political song, Respect became a civil rights anthem on the level of Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come, a song she also covered on the same breakthrough album, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. Respect was also an affirmation for feminists who were fighting for recognition that a woman's work is worth as much as a man's, even if it's unpaid domestic labor and even if society doesn't recognize it with equal pay. Franklin won two Grammys for Respect and went on to record 17 top 10 Billboard hits and become known as the Queen of Soul. When she became the first woman to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987, the committee called Respect her greatest triumph. And so that's a piece from the Washington Post that was posted the day that she died five years ago. So the great Aretha Franklin, I mean, the intergalactic boss, as George Trombolopoulos has called her. We call her the queen of soul. Uh, others call her the diva, omnipotent. all right? Whatever it is that um, you feel or whatever it, it means to you in terms of Aretha. And, um, I mean, uh, we all have our favorite Aretha songs and... Um, I know which one is mine. Now I got to pull away because I'm, I'm running out of time. So, 81 years ago, on March 25th, 1942, 
in Memphis, Tennessee, Aretha Louise Franklin was born. And she would live 76 years and die on August 16th, 2018 in Detroit, Michigan. She was a singer. She was a songwriter. She was a pianist, civil rights activist, record producer, mother, um, friend, wife. She was the diva omnipotent. She was the intergalactic boss. Happy birthday, your majesty. <laughs> 